0: Starting the show off a bit different for this special episode. Welcome to episode 77 of the J-Bunny's Music Hub podcast. I'm your host, J-Bunny. Well, everybody, we're back. It's been a while. Sorry for the the disappearing act, as it were. Life just kind of got pretty fucking busy. was still sending out emails trying to get interviews. uh, Not uh, having so much luck with that. Although, there are things in in process, I suppose we could say. Uh there are a couple of tentative plans for future shows, so still working on it. Again, sorry for the disappearance, got real busy, but we're back today. Uh Charlie Corletta is returning to the show and we're talking about the Pantera reunion or tribute or whatever you want to call it. I had this idea after seeing the show myself and and just having such a such an experience, such a great time, and really wanted to just share my my opinion I, I had thought about maybe doing it as a writing and then i was like oh fuck it i'll do it as a podcast and then i wanted I, I put it out there to social media to see if anybody else was interested charlie said he wanted to join in and so he's back on the show uh like i said we're talking about pantera uh we're gonna just get right into it i'm not gonna waste too much of your time here hope you guys enjoy the the conversation with me and charlie talking about pantera all right what's up everybody it is Jay Bunny. i am here at home on skype Charlie Corletta is joining us on the show again today. Your third or fourth time on the show at this point?
1: I think this is the fourth time, dude. I think this is the fourth time. Yeah. Yeah, you were the first uh, podcast I ever did with The Silencer. You came by my home. Then we did, like, an impromptu after our first show with 36 Crazy Fist. Then, then I was on with you, like, a few weeks before I did the Halloween Havoc deal. Right, with right, and Priest. right. Yeah. Um, And and now, and now uh, talking about Pantera. So yeah, Yeah, four times.
0: Yeah, so yeah, this time we're not gonna. It's not gonna be so much of an interview, so much as it's gonna be sort of a discussion of because we both recently saw Pantera on their on their comeback shows, and I've been seeing a lot of stuff online. A a lot of everybody that went to the shows seems to have a positive opinion about the situation, and it seems like a lot of people that didn't go and have not experienced the this iteration of the band live have something negative to say whether it's like well you know vinnie and dime are gone which is which is absolutely like that's a valid criticism you know other people want to throw it back to well you know phil said this years ago and that makes him a racist or or whatever the case may be you know i'm seeing some some negative opinions out there in the world and uh you know so i wanted to do this podcast And like I told you before we started rolling, I was going to originally, before I had the idea of like seeing if anybody wanted to join me, just do it on my own because I haven't put out a show in a while. And I saw them uh, on one of their headline shows down in Camden a couple days before, it was before the Metallica show. And I know you went to the Metallica shows, but uh, it was just such a great time. And it was such a, it was such an awesome celebration of what. The original, I uh, don't, don't even say the original, but what the the most well known lineup of the band was, and and the members that aren't with us anymore, Vinnie and Dime prominently featured in the video packages and on Charlie Benante's drums and everything. I thought it was fucking awesome. This is actually my second time seeing this lineup of the band because I did see them back in May down at Welcome to Rockville, although it was way the fuck back and like watching it on a screen basically. Whereas <laughs> when I was in Camden, I was I was pretty close. I was like. 26th row, which I mean, 26 doesn't sound like a small number, but you're pretty fucking close.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, man, you know, I'll tell you something, you know, just to, t- to tap into what you first said about the, uh, the feedback from the general public. Yeah, there's there's two sides of the coin, two sides of the dime, if you will. Uh, there's those who support what's going on and believe in it and and are taking this as a celebration of a legacy. And that's how it's being marketed. That's how it's trending um on social media this is a this is a tribute to a legacy that so many different generations have never experienced and the fact that you have phil the fact that you have rex and you have diamond vinnie's close friends of charlie benante and zach wild like that in itself is just such an awesome concept i understand people not wanting to celebrate this because they're calling it pantera but like in all actuality, dude, you saw the show. I saw the show. I got to actually see the headline show in Hershey Park the night after Metallica, and we'll dive into that. But first off, they do the brothers justice. You know, they have the video packages. They pay tribute to them. They end up doing um, a version of Planet Caravan, which, like, I was in absolute tears when I saw that. And then they're they're doing right by the material. You know, I know there's some, like, there's some guitar purists out there who are like, ah, oh, Zach's taking liberties with the solos, and, you know he, I think he crushed it, man. And, and yeah, maybe he took a little Liberty here and there, but that's Zach wild. And like, I'm sure that like, if dime were here right now, he'd have no problem just knowing the relationship they have and how, like how open-minded the guy was when it came to his friends and music. I don't think he'd have a problem at all with what Zach's doing with the material. And, you know, I heard a couple people say it best this past weekend. It was like, if you like it, come celebrate. If you don't like it, don't fucking go. Right. And like, you know, and then that's it's it's plain and simple. Like there's too many critics online. There's always going to be someone who's going to put a negative spin. And I'll tell you what, dude, Phil was on the money. Like you could tell he's cleaned up his act. You could tell that he's got some newfound uh, newfound power, if you will. <laughs> you know, he's <laughs> he's definitely got like a new sense of life to him. Um, he seems so happy and positive on that stage. He sounded absolutely fantastic. Um, I've seen Phil so many times over the years. I've seen him with Down. I've seen him with Pantera a number of times when I was a kid. And this was the absolute best that I ever heard him in terms of how well he was able to control his voice. And he just had it together, you know. And yeah, he's made some really dumb mistakes and he said some stupid shit. But I'll tell you what, man, not to defend any of that because, you know, some of the stuff he's, sa- he's said in the past and has done was really outlandish. But he was under the influence, man. And, and I come from the point uh, in the state of mind where – you know, when people are that messed up and they're, they're getting wasted like that, they're going to make mistakes. And, you know, maybe deep down, there's a really good person. Maybe deep down, there's a heart of gold. And, you know, what matters is how they are able to learn from their mistakes. And, you know, Phil says it best in down, learn from my mistake, learn from this mistake. And I think it's pretty evident in the last uh, couple of weeks here with these tours that he's absolutely learned from his past and his mistakes. And, it's been an absolute honor and a pleasure to see this in the flesh. Oh, man, it was so good. So, so good. I'm wearing my my Pantera hat right now, like totally marking out being a fanboy. Uh, <laughs> it, it's been a it's been a roller coaster of emotions the past week. You know, I, I never thought in a million years, you know, because there was always this talk of like, what if we got. Like a Pantera tribute together. Who would play the parts, right, you know? Right. Yeah.
0: From pretty much from the time that Dimebag got killed, that's been out in the. You know, I remember. It seems like everybody kind of came to the same conclusion around the same time of like, Zach's the guy to do this. And I, I think it's kind of funny that there was a uh, uh, an interview at some point with Rex within the last few years before they announced that they were doing it, where he's like, if we ever did that, it wouldn't be Zach. Right. And and then and then it was Zach anyway. And there was (laughs) sort of no no explanation as to why there was, you know, what changed in his mind or whatever. But but going back to what you were saying about, about Phil, I was I was actually just sort of looking around at my Facebook the other day and I was going like going through to see if there was any just info on my profile that needed to be edited. And there's like a whole section on my Facebook that I forgot was there in like the about of it's called Favorite Quotes. Yeah. And I guess I'd put a bunch of these up over the years when I first got Facebook, you know, fucking 15 years ago or whatever. And one of the ones that's on here is a quote from Phil. And I don't know when he said it. Like I said, it must have been a long time ago. But it says, I know that everything I did yesterday is etched in stone, but it doesn't phase me. All I can do is the right thing today. Yeah. You know, and so and it seems like, you know, yeah, you know, again, like you said, he said dumb shit, he's done dumb shit. Who hasn't? You know, maybe not as dumb of shit as he has done or said, but everybody's made their mistakes, you know, and all you can do is learn from it and move on. And I really think that, you know, this this whole Pantera and, and you know, a lot of the other thing that you know, again, not to keep focusing on like the negative shit people are saying you know the other thing is like well you know vinny never wanted this to be a thing he always said no and then as soon as he's dead now they're doing it and like i can again i can kind of see that but from from a sort of a selfish standpoint i never got to see the original pantera i never got to see dimebag play live at all yeah in fact on the tour that he was killed with damage plan i had wanted to go see them in new york city and my my girlfriend It said, you know, was always we were like living with her mom at the time and every I was doing a lot of shows and she's like, you really got to like stop going to so many shows and we got to save some money so we can get our own place because living with my mom sucks, you know. And so when Damage Plan was coming around, I was like, man, I really, really really want to go. I really want to go see Dimebag. And she's like, we really got to You got to cut back a little bit. And there's always going to be a next time. And then, like, a week later, he got killed.
1: Yeah, dude. The same thing happened to me with uh, Chris Cornell in Soundgarden. Uh, we were supposed to go to Rock on the Range. And, you know, I think these types of situations, what they do is they open our eyes to the fact that, you know, uh, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote Pantera all, all day today. Yesterday don't mean shit, right? Like, the, there might not be a tomorrow. You know, this might be the only time that you get to experience something and you know if you have the means and and you have the time take advantage of it especially if you're a fan you know and you know it's so it's so tragic what what happened to dime and what happened to that whole crew um on that damage plan tour and it it's so heartbreaking to know that you had a chance to see in my estimation one of the greatest of all time and um and that didn't come to fruition so for someone like you like you've been licking your chops for years to be able to celebrate at least the life and memory of these guys in a live setting where you feel like you're part of a community and you feel like you're part of a family. And you know what, man, that's what this felt like this weekend between the Metallica shows, uh, Friday and and Sunday. And then the Hershey park gig where we saw them headline with lamb of God on Saturday, the overwhelming sense of community and belonging and celebration. It felt like we were part of like this historic, moment in time and i don't expect the casual fan to understand that at the end of the day like you got to be a lifer when it comes to this band you got to be a lifer when it comes to their music and the scene that that they cultivated so many years ago and it's awesome to know jay that like you had the opportunity to actually celebrate this music and celebrate this legacy and i i know there's There's people who are like, well, maybe you shouldn't call it Pantera. Maybe you should call it Pantera Tribute or, you know, like far beyond Pantera or whatever the hell. But like, you know, like, dude, this is Pantera. You know, like Pantera was more than just the band. It was more than just the music. Watch all those home videos. Watch Pantera 3. Watch Vulgar videos. Watch the Cowboys from Hell videos. There was such an overwhelming sense of family there. You know and um i don't know if you're a fan of ola england um from the haunted but he has his own youtube channel and he has sundays with ola where every sunday he gives you metal news he talks about he's a guitar guitar geek right so it's right. all about guitar he had the chance to go out to Dimebag's home where rita haney lives and he got to basically explore the the dime vault of guitars and in that video and in the series of videos where he's at the home Rita's just got friends over it's it's just always a party it seems like there's always a celebration of life and 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 remembrance and I think at the end of the day like that's that's what Pantera stands for it's yeah. not just the music it's not just the breakdowns. it's not just the aggression it's the it's the sense of family and, and love you know I think as fans we, we really appreciate that but like I want to know dude what was your favorite part because you know you got to see him in a little bit of a different capacity you and I were not at the same shows um, so I don't know what the set lists were like for you compared to when I saw them, but what was your favorite takeaway from from your experience?
0: So I really first, you know, like I said, when I saw them the first time back in May, I was so far back, I was it was just you know watching it on the video screen. But then when I when I saw them this week down in Camden, I said it was pretty close. And they started the the set with the you know the video package, and then right before they they kicked into the first song, they had just that that thing on the screen of just like the silhouettes of Vinnie and Dime. And then they started playing. And then I noticed the Vinnie and Dime on, on Charlie's drums. And I cried through the entire first song.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I feel you on that, dude. I was the same way with planet caravan, you know, and they stripped down and they just brought it to the front of the stage. And I just closed my eyes and I just remembered. Cause when I was a kid, like, Watching the Pantera 3 Watch It Go videos, that home video series um, was like the testament in the Bible to me, my friends, and my band. And We watched it like every day. And whenever that Planet Caravan music video would come on, we would just be so entrenched in it. And we may or may not have been under the influence of things when we watched it (laughs) at the time. So, you know, that memory is etched in stone in my brain. And just sitting back and closing my eyes and listening to that, tears were just pouring down and um you know my my fiance and i we were right up against the rail on saturday at Hershey park and so you could just feel the energy from all angles of that stadium and um i hear you about the emotional aspect of it you know like if i can only imagine dude it must have felt like this buildup of years and years especially knowing that you had a chance to see diamond video and damage plan and you know it was a story left uh Left to be finished, you know, and that now this is kind of like some closure as a fan.
0: Yeah, for sure, dude. With the with Planet Caravan, I was actually I haven't posted it yet. I hate to be that guy. I I really hate people having fucking phones up, cameras up at a show. But during Planet Caravan, I just I videoed like that entire like video package that they played during that performance. Yeah, I'm looking online. I'm looking at uh, setlists.fm, and it looks like the shows it looks like the the songs that they played the set lists that they played for both the show that i was at and the hershey park show that you were at were the same
1: yeah i think they were um i think your show in camden was the first time they did revolution is my name yeah Uh, and they you know they played it in hershey and i think that's also the first time they did slaughtered i think yeah so i think the set lists pretty much were the same i'll tell you what man one of the reasons too that we went on saturday so to give you a backstory, we we got the tickets for metallica for friday and sunday no repeat weekend you know we were stoked that pantera was going to be on the bill and so when we saw that pantera was going to be headlining with lamb of god like the day after we at first were not getting tickets you know we were like we're trying to save money for our wedding and just we were like well we're gonna get to see pantera on friday and You know, what better way than like a MetLife Stadium, this huge epic event of Metallica and Mammoth. So we didn't get tickets at first, but then we watched Pantera on Friday. And I'll tell you what, man, first off, they did sound amazing. They absolutely killed it. They knew how to work that big giant in the round stage, which was nice. I mean, granted, two of the guys fucking played in front of a million people in Moscow. So I think (laughs) they know how to work a crowd. But it was just the hits it was literally like everything you would expect from like a greatest hits record. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. And it was awesome. But a couple of things I noticed a the set list was just like the hits B we were like in the two hundreds. So like it sounded great, but you were so far removed from the band and from like, you know, the energy of the crowd. And then on top of it, it just felt like Zach's guitar was buried in the mix. And I've talked to a lot of people who were at that Friday show and for what, for what one reason or another, he, he was buried in the mix. They sounded great, but, like, compared to the, all the other bands that played MetLife Stadium over the course of the two days, Pantera's sound was, in my opinion, the weakest. So we were, like, a little disappointed in that. So we're sitting there, and, you know, like, I'm just always bitching about everything. <laughs> so So my fiancé is like, we can go see them in Hershey, like, And she found really cheap general admission tickets for the next night. And we were just like, you know what? Screw it. We got to go because it's a headlining set. And I was like, at the very least, GA will be right up. We can get right up against the rail maybe. And if it doesn't sound good outward, maybe it'll sound good up close. And it was amazing. Like the sound was ten times, like tenfold better than MetLife Stadium. You know, it was their show. They played what they It seemed like they played forever. You know, they played songs that I've always wanted to hear or songs that I haven't heard since I was a kid. And again, just that that feeling of connection. And, you know, you talk about being the dude who doesn't want to break their phone out in the show. I was like, this may be the only time I ever get to experience this. So I just I didn't take videos, but I snapped so many photos. And like, I think they're like the best photos I've ever shot because I was just so like in the moment connected to this thing to the point where I think I'm going to like start framing a bunch of them because they were just like, I'm so proud of like the photos that came out and having this memory. But yeah, dude, the, the headlining show was fantastic. I think my favorite part for me was just that feeling, just that feeling of like, we're, we're involved with something big here, yeah. you know, and I don't expect everyone to get it. And one thing that was funny though, like we went in, <laughs> we get there. We're like front, front row, you know, right up against the rail. And my fiance, she's like, five three right so it's like i feel like i gotta be like big burly protector and like breakdowns are getting ready to happen i'm like get ready get ready it's going down and then i look around i'm like oh wait everyone's like 40 50 50 (laughs) 60 years old (laughs) and like the pit was nothing like it was when i was a kid when i saw when i saw pantera with morbid angel and slayer it must, what was it, 2000? 2000...
0: 2000 or 2001, my buddy Andy went to that show too. Yeah,
1: the, Yeah, so they did two versions of that. I think they did was it Rosalind or Hammerstein, and then they did uh, the arena circuit. So I saw them both times. But in the arena circuit, what ended up happening as soon as Pantera hit the stage, the crowd was running from the bleachers, from the 200s, the 300s. They were running down the aisles, jumping over security, pushing security over to, bar- you know, to just push through to the general admission. And no one stopped him. Cops didn't come in. The show wasn't stopped. It was like par for the course back then that you knew when Pantera hit the stage, things were going to get lit up. Yeah, yeah. And so that was my last memory of being in a crowd for Pantera. And so, you know, come full circle, the show was like, oh, get ready, get ready. And then, like, it was just like, eh, all right. I've been in, like, pop punk pits that were more extreme. (laughs) But...
0: for me, I had seats and, and I think part of it I mean, first of all at at the uh whatever the fuck the venue, they keep changing the name of that venue. The free Freedom Mortgage Pavilion down in Camden.
1: Sure. <laughs> whatever bank owns it now.
0: Yeah. Um yeah. like, you know, I had they, they had that pit area in the front, but I had I had, you know, seats, like row Z seats. But, you know, I'm old or I'm older and I got a bad fucking back. Like I can't really do
1: <laughs> You it, just proved my point, Jay. You
0: know, like <laughs> <laughs> we so we took the kids the, the week i came back from welcome to rockville where i saw pantera there uh casey and i took the kids to the city to see ailstorm the pirate metal band yep and it was at uh, what the fuck was the name it was at irving plaza yeah in new york and so we we had gone casey and i had gone like a month before to see the static x and fear factory show there and I didn't realize when we had bought the Aelstorm tickets that, that it was there, because every other time we've seen Aelstorm, it's at Gramercy, and Gramercy's got those seats in the back. And the whole place is GA, so if you want to sit down, you can just sit the fuck down. So we bought the tickets, and then I was like, ah, shit, sit Irving Plaza. And then we we, we, and we saw Fear Factory, static X, I was like, this is going to be interesting to have the kids here. So then when we were at the Aelstorm show, like, the whole time, we're just trying to make sure that, like, the 12-year-old doesn't get crushed. <laughs>
1: well, you succeeded, you did a good job, you know, the family seems to be alive and well. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Man, But, but you, proved, you proved the point, right? Like, you know, I'm 40, I'm going to be 41 in October, and, like, you know, I could still go hard, but, like, for, like, five minutes, and then, like, I, I need, like, a 20-minute break. And I think, <laughs> like, that was, like, the general consensus. One thing that was really cool, there was, like, a kid, must have been, like, 15 years old that was there with his dad. And, you know, Zach's just throwing guitar picks out left and right during the songs. And, um... You know, then they're giving out the set list. And at one point, I think before the show, he's like, dude, I'm so amped. I could play every dime bag song, note for note on guitar. Guy's my hero. I can't wait to watch this. And then Zach throws the pick and like lands close to him. And then like they, someone gave the pick to him because they like they saw how excited. So it's like there's this like there's this bond of like, hey, man, we got to pay it forward to the next generation and kind of keep this music alive and keep the spirit alive. Um So, you know, I'm, I'm very hopeful, you know, I, you know, that I'm the GM for a school of rock here in Jersey. So actually a lot of the students from my school, they were, they were at the, um, the Friday Metallica Pantera gig at MetLife stadium. And I asked them, I was like, what'd you think? And everyone was just like, Oh, so awesome. And these are kids who are like 16, 17 years old and they're still growing up with, with Pantera just like we did. So, you know, there's, I don't think there's, uh, the train ain't stopping anytime soon for, for, for the music and the bands. Uh, one thing I definitely want to share with you though that was just a religious experience. You know, we talk about like the emotional experience of being in the crowd and gearing up for the band to play and, and the planet caravan thing. More more emotional than that was the fact that on Saturday, Dime Bag Hardware, Dimebag Bag Guitars yeah. was was out with Rita Haney. And so they had the whole merch booth and tent set up. They had Dime's original Dean from Hell on display. They had the Dime Slime on display. They had the Reinventing the Steel Diamond Plate Stealth on display. They normally have the Primal Concrete Sledge ML, which he used in Moscow and in some of the Cowboys videos. But they didn't have that on display. So I was a little, I was a little bummed about that. But with all that being said, we had met Rita one time uh, when we went out to Nam, the Nam convention in California about three years ago. And we talked to her real briefly and there was a real religious experience uh, because we had seen Black Label perform. They did an after party for the NAM convention. So it was just Black Label Society. And it was like you had to have like either get invited to this or had to like win tickets through a sweepstakes. We ended up running to the EMG pickup booth at NAM and we're like, dude, how do we get into this show? And the guy's like, don't tell anyone I did this. And he gave uh, my fiance and I two tickets so we end up we end up going to the show and this is a long story so sit back yeah, no so <laughs> so my fiance we
0: went we went two and a half hours uh, the first time <laughs> yeah dude I I know
1: I know I, ne- <laughs> I never shut up so my fiance Sam at one point during Black Label set she's like oh I just wish I could sit down right now because it was all ga so she says that and I shit you not dude like two minutes later and Zachy my my old drummer from from the silencer he was with us too and he can attest to this. Not more than two minutes later, a dude comes by with two chairs and just places them in front of her. This dude was not like around us, right? He just like came out of the blue. He didn't hear her say this. So now there's two chairs. She's like, Holy shit, this was awesome. So she sits down. A minute later, Zach has a tapestry of dime bag and Vinny draped over his, his amps. So now he's getting ready to do like in this river and just like pay homage to them. So Sam's sitting, I'm still rocking out. And then out of nowhere, you know, Zach loves to like walk through the crowd in solo. I've seen him do this with Ozzy. I've seen him do it with Black Label. He walks right up to those two chairs that the security guard had placed in front of us. Now, a a member of his BLS crew parts the entire crowd. And so now it's just me and Zach. Like, I'm not shitting you, dude. I got pictures of it and everything. They even pushed my fiance to the side. Zach jumps up. He jumps up on those chairs, stands right in front of me and just starts shredding and soloing. And it was just like religious experience and moment because like I felt like I was wearing a dime bag hoodie at the time. And I just felt like there was this there was this message or connection there. So he gets done soloing. He gets down from the chairs. He bumps my fist and goes, you just got a lesson in shredding or something to that effect, and walks away. And I was like, first off, does this guy even know I play guitar? No, he doesn't know me from, <laughs> you know, I met him one other time, like when I saw them, I was on stage for them back at Oz Fest 5, he made me drink with them, but he there's no way he remembers me, Yeah. right? So now I'm just like all choked up. I was like, that was the most like insane experience. So then we run into Rita Haney after the show. She's actually hanging out with Jose's wife, Melissa, Jose Mangan's wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I go up to her, introduce myself. I introduce my fiance. Melissa knows us from Jersey. Um, you know, I hadn't seen her in like forever. So I tell her about this whole experience of Zach doing this. And she noticed I had the Dime hoodie on. She goes, honey, that was meant for you. Dime did that for you. And I, was, you know, I told her I played guitar. And I, again, I started fucking crying, man. I was like, holy shit. That's what I was feeling in that moment. I was like, I feel like I'm in some weird connected space with this guy. And, you know, it could just be the fan in me, like overthinking things, but I really felt a sense of like connectivity. So that happens right now. Fast forward, we run into Rita on Saturday and I remind her that that's how we first met. And then I start talking to her and my fiance starts talking to her and she's like, how do, how do I, how else do I know you? And I'm like, I I don't know. (laughs) That was the only time we met. It was, it was very brief. So she goes, um, she goes, do you have a friend who's a wrestler? Oh. And I was like, uh, yeah. She goes, do you, do you play a, a dime slime guitar? And I was like, holy fuck. I know, <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know where this is going, right? So um, sure enough, she was alluding to the fact that we did the NXT um, havoc. Halloween Havoc play out where, where my boy came out to the ring and I had the dime slime. So she again, she was like, see, honey? that night the nam show it all came full circle dime was looking down on you this whole time and made that happen for you and i held it i held back the tears this time you know um i actually started crying when i turned my back and started looking at dimes guitars that were on display but i held back the tears but it was just such an emotional moment and like i t- i gave her um one of my guitar picks i always carry green tortex sharpie picks which uh, dime actually loved to use as well and um the first time I met her, I gave her one. I said, "Rita, like, can, if I ever run into you again, I want to make this a tradition. Maybe you could just throw one of these somewhere in the house, you know? Because she lives in the house that that her and Dime built." And she was like, "Absolutely, Green Tortex, my favorite." So, like, the you know, aside from the music, aside from the memories of that it brought back from being a kid, all these new experiences are happening. All these new memories are being built, and. Dude, I owe so much of my life and so much of my musical upbringing to to the Abbott brothers, you know, because like I was a drummer my whole life and I modeled my entire drumming after Vinnie Paul. And then all of a sudden I moved to guitar and it's just like, just play with that same kind of attitude and fuck it spirit that I had. And it was such a beautiful experience, man. It it really was. So when you asked me to do this today, I was like, oh, of course, I'm definitely doing this because i had to go right back to work on monday so i haven't <laughs> i haven't had a chance to share any of this with anyone really so yeah man it was just it was so fucking awesome to be able to uh to experience that and and just knowing that like when i went to quick check this monday i'm wearing a pantera shirt and the guys like did you see him on friday i'm like hell yeah you know and then and then I like then then tuesday i'm wearing a dime bag shirt and the guys like great shirt hell yeah buddy so you're like you're like awesome the community's still alive and strong and and the, I think this tour, the MetLife show, and then their tour is really bringing their, um, their remembrance back to the forefront of aggressive music and metal where, where it belongs.
0: Yeah, man. So when I saw them on Wednesday, Phil had asked at some point, he's like, how many people have seen Pantera before? How many people? This is your first time. Most of the people raised their hand to say it was their first time. And then he responded, he's like, you know what that is? that's good parenting
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> it is um, good parenting i didn't see rita at at that show or or the Dimebag hardware booth at all which was was kind of a bummer i was hoping to see them they were at rockville and i had met rita years past what because they would tour around when when like hell yeah was on tour and so you know i i've, I've met her at shows in the past i bought Dime bag shirts from her. When I was at Rockville, there was a vinnie and Dime shirt that I bought. I was gonna wear it for the podcast, but I'm still in I was been so busy today getting ready for this fucking party tomorrow. I'm still wearing my like knock around go mow the lawn shit. <laughs> I haven't fucking showered or anything. But uh, you know, I bought this vinnie and Dime shirt from her down in Florida. I wore that to the to the show. You know, and then you would mention, you know, you would mention Jose. And and you mentioned that, you know, on this tour, it was the first time in a while that they've played Revolution is My Name. Oddly enough, just sort of the way that I came into metal and heavy music, I came into it a little bit later. Like, you and I are about the same. You're about a year older than me. But, like, when I grew up, my parents were into, like, pop music and, like, country music. And so I didn't really get exposed to much other than that until, like middle school high school you know and then when i was in middle school everybody was you know, it was all about like the
1: the, the new like, metal
0: no it was like you know, like middle new metal was like high school but like middle school or, or early to mid 90s was all about like green day off yeah yeah but a little bit of nine inch nails was like most of what people seem to be into the first pantera song i ever heard was revolution is my name because that was getting airplay on K Rock back when yeah. you know K Rock yeah. was still a thing. And so that was the first Pantera song I had ever really heard. And then when Jose used to live in New Jersey, <laughs> yeah.
1: anytime
0: that that song would come on, because he was always at fucking Dingbats. Yeah. And anytime that song would come on, he would just start fucking screaming along right in the middle of the floor at Dingbats. And so I don't know if I ever played the clip for you. I'm sure I told you about it, but I don't know if I ever played the clip for you. Right before he moved to California. I had run into him at the Wellmont. Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. And Godsmack were playing together. And um, we were, I was like, we got to do something before you move away. And so he said, why don't you come into the studio? Like he invited me to come into Sirius. I remember this. And so like, I went into Sirius, and I just thought he was going to show me around. And he's like, do you want to go on air? I was like, what do I want to, (laughs) what? Do you want to go on air? I was like, yes, yes, I do. So, we, we went on air. We, we bullshitted for a couple minutes. He he he. This is before Jay Whitney's Music Cup was a podcast. It was when I was just like writing about bands on on Facebook. But like he he let me promote that on Liquid Metal. And then he said, all right, so we're gonna we're gonna go out into a song. What do you want to play? And I we gotta play Revolution Is My Name because you know it's one of my favorite Pantera songs. And again, every time that you're at fucking Dingbats. You know, you're screaming along. He's like, yeah, that sounds like many a night at Dingbats.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that's his jam. And I don't blame him, man, that, that it, people might want to throw stones at me for saying this. I think that's their best song that they've ever written. I think it encapsulates their entire career in one song. But yeah, dude, he he loves that song. I've seen him do that at Dime Bash where he's jumped up on stage and performed it. And I'll tell you something about Jose Manga, man. And that guy, he gets the credit, but he doesn't get enough of it. You know, I know he actually was in Jersey this last weekend for the Metallica gig, and he's just running around the parking lot, like, chilling with people, runs people he knew. That guy's got a heart of gold. And, you know, when he's in that moment, I think he lives for the moment, right? Like, when he's around people, he's giving, he's caring, he's all about it. Like, he'll give you his time and energy and his attention. And you know, he came into Jersey at a time where the scene was starting to fizzle a little bit. I mean, there was a big burst in the scene, but you can also tell him maybe it's starting to fizzle. And he gave it a new sense of life and he would be at Dingbats every was it Heart, Thursday. attack, heart attack Thursdays. And so he'd be there every Thursday and doing his thing and sh- showing love and support for all the local bands and becoming part of the scene while he still got this high profile gig at Sirius XM. And He's another one, man. He keeps the the Abbott brothers' name and spirit alive. And I don't know. Dude, I'm going to go one step further and I'm going to say, I don't know if this Pantera Legacy Tour happens without someone like Jose in the mix because he was so instrumental at bringing to life these Dime Bash events and these Ride for Dime events and you know, then he buys Vinnie Paul's limo. limo and yeah. Like he's always, he wears the razor blade necklace around his neck, dude. Like he's always pushing Pantera and a new generation gets to hear it. An old generation gets to be reminded of it. And people like Jose Mangan, people like Ola England, who also is just a huge dime, and Pantera advocate. I don't know that we get this reunion without someone like Jose i really I, I really don't and um you know that guy does needs to get way more fucking credit for what he's done to the metal scene and keeping it alive because you know as fm radio was dying and as the the art of the music video started started changing and and how we listen and get our music is was evolving this guy just stepped in and was like we got to keep metal alive and yeah. uh, you know i tipped my pantera 2023 tour hat off to the metal ambassador Jose Mangan.
0: So great. I, I was uh, was hoping to get to see him when I saw that he was around, but I you know, he's 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 a busy dude, so you know, I understand. If I was at the show we definitely would have hung out. But uh you know I'm hoping to it was what was cool was a bunch of years ago, it was like right after he moved away, uh but he had come back to New York for uh him and Dave Mustaine were co hosting the Revolver Music Awards.
1: Yeah. I and like
0: that. And he saw me in the crowd and shouted me out from the stage like, oh, Jason, what's going on, man?
1: <laughs> yeah, dude, that's huge. He's, he remembers. He's got a heart of gold. You know, we had this similar situation when I saw Dillinger Escape Plan like about 10 years ago, 11 years ago. It was their final tour. It was their last their last stop in New York. And um, I'm upstairs in the VIP. I'm talking to Monty Connor from from Nuclear Blast. He used to own uh, Roadrunner. Right. Right. And, and uh, Jose just walks up, he walks in and he goes right up to Mani and he's like, you know who the fuck this is? He's like, he goes, he says this to Mani, not me. He goes, you know who the fuck this is? Will Kilmore. He's like, <laughs> he's like, he's like fucking Julius Caesar. And, and Mani's like, I'm, I'm well aware of who, who he is. <laughs> and then, you know, it's just like putting me over, man. He didn't have to do that, you know? I ain't shit on a wall to most of these people. And he didn't have to do that, but that guy's he's, he's just, he's a, he's a beautiful soul That that guy.
0: Yeah. You know, he he did like a similar thing with me. It was at Webster hall. I think that the tour, it was like in this moment and 12 foot ninja were touring together, except that like at the New York show, the in this moment was like this special Sirius XM blah, but like you had to fucking like get tickets from them or whatever. And it was only in this moment. And then all of the other bands that were on the tour and, and playing with them at all the other stops were playing like a separate show down in the studio. And so in this moment played, and then when they were done, um, I think it was 12, it was either 12 foot Ninja or Avatar in, in any event, the fucking once in this moment was done. Everybody that was in the show upstairs was able to come downstairs. And so Jose came down and there was a bunch of other serious people there. And, uh, he, you know, he like introduced me to like, I I think I'd met Sean before, but he introduced me to a couple of other, of, of the, of like the rock, DJs, you know, the uh, octane and liquid metal, you know, and it's like, oh, man, this guy, like, you know, like, like telling them the story of like how and how he and I like got to know each other from running into each other at shows all the time. And me always wearing a dime bag shirt and how like that's how we bonded and shit. And like, you know, as as if as if I mattered, you know, like 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 as if they're they're going to give a shit like, you know, I'm just some dude. It's he's like, no, this is Jay. And we met at a show. You know, we, we, you know, we've been seeing each other at shows forever. And he really loves Dimebag. And, you know, they're like, oh, that's cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. It's, you know, again, it's a testament to, like, he's a lifer of the scene. He understands. Because, dude, that's like how it, that's how all the bands I was in had some level of regional success, right? It was because there was a local scene. And I think Jose comes into every situation treating The large global scene, like it's a local scene. And I think he comes from a humble beginning where he never thought in a fucking million years he'd be where he is today. And I think he shows his gratitude for that by how he interacts and treats other people. And I think he's gotten to the level he's at today because of how he treats other people and how he respects other people. And, you know, there's no surprise there. You know, I I wish more people in our scene. Metal community were like that you know there's a lot of amazing people in in this uh, community but there's also a lot of moochers and leeches and people are in it for all the wrong reasons you know and they're in it for the quick fad of what's the hotness right now what's the new the new noise and and there's people like Jose who appreciate all different styles of metal all different people and walks of life you know Phil Anselmo says some dumbass shit like uh, at a dime bash or whatever and Jose doesn't judge him for it, right? Yeah. Jose's like, hey, I got a different skin color. I should be really offended by what the fuck I just heard him saw. But instead, he sees people in a different light. And I think his his ability to do so is what's uh, provided him this platform. And, you know, man, like, I'll tell you what, dude. People say rock and roll's dead. The, the, the only people who say that were never really in it. Well, maybe Gene Simmons, but, like, <laughs> the re- the rest of the world, like, Anyone who says that doesn't know shit. Like, I think we're just getting started. I think we're the fact that we are able to communicate with one another uh, in the capacity we can now, like, such as your podcast, and the fact that there's like this global entity of serious radio that, that reaches masses worldwide, and the fact that these bands, these legacy acts, are playing their biggest tours to date. I think it's a testament to the fact that like this music is going nowhere and when we're long far gone and we're forgotten about in the history books our children's children's children will still be carrying the flag and um we owe it all to bands like pantera
0: hell yeah man and at least you know i i, I say bring this up whenever i can you know i've never i've never been in a band i tried to once it didn't work out you've been in a few so at least you've got your 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 shit left behind as well <laughs> yeah. in fact when i was telling the kid my kids i was like they're like how long is this podcast gonna take i was like i don't know last time or not the last the first time was like <laughs> two and a half hours and we talked for like two hours before that Yeah. and yeah. so and i didn't say who it was with and my younger son's like oh it says to my older son Nick, it's like oh this guy that daddy's talking to he said last the first time was two and a half hours and my nick knew where he's like you're gonna be talking to charlie again i was like yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> awesome awesome leaving an imprint (laughs) for better or for worse
0: (laughs) yeah man he had wanted to uh i mean he met you at the when we went to that school of rock thing but he wanted to meet you a long while back when we were i think we were all at the same i want to say it was like hell yeah and like five finger death punch
1: played at prudential center wasn't that no it couldn't have been that That, my first time seeing oh no you know
0: what it was was it iron maiden and ghost
1: yeah that sounds right it, was, it right. was
0: some. It was some. It was some like arena show like that. But it was that. I think that was the one that where we we had won tickets for Nick's birthday. Yeah, it was on his birthday, and he was and, and you were there, and he was like, "Oh, I hope I get to meet him."
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. How, how's he doing? Is,
0: He's doing good,
1: man. He's. You know, any a, any interest in playing music?
0: I, you know, I'm not. I, it hasn't really come up. He he does actually. Well, I can't say that he has not expressed an interest. However, we were at a, a graduation party last weekend and uh my buddy andy who it was his uh stepson's graduation party um andy does uh like karaoke at bars like he, he's one of those karaoke guys it's he the whole setup and so they had it set up at the party and without any prompting from anybody like i'm having a conversation with andy across the other side of the yard all of a sudden i hear like somebody singing nirvana I was like is that my kid Look around the court. He, he he signed up to do the karaoke and sang an Nirvana song.
1: Awesome. <laughs> awesome. And that's how it starts, man. That's how it starts. You know, like the fact that you're a fan of the music and you, you appreciate music in general. Like, yeah, anything you can do to push your kids to want to explore music, you know, it's getting it's getting lost uh, in the shuffle of the public school sector. You know, as I don't, I'm sure I don't have to tell you, arts and music are always the first thing to be cut. And everything's being so freaking standardized now with these kids and everything's so quantized and robotic and and systematic. They need an outlet like organic live music to feel alive and to give them a bigger understanding of the world and how to communicate with other people. So, you know, hopefully he like generates some interest. You know, obviously you never want to push your kids into something they don't want to do. But it sounds like he's already got the itch. Yeah. You know, that's awesome, man. I'm so glad to hear that.
0: It was funny when I when when I had when when the kids were both way younger, I was like, you know, kind of bringing it back to the the Pantera theme. I was like, well, I got two boys, so maybe I got my own Vinny and Dime. We'll see.
1: Yeah, dude. <laughs> Van Halen, as the brothers would say before they go on stage, Van Halen. You know, like that's that's the dream, man. You get you get siblings who can start a band together and take over the world. That's dude preach it to them see you know you know you lead them to lead them to the water see if they drink it you know
0: yeah man but my younger son he's actually gotten really into you know sort of not not in music but in just the arts in general and we have no idea like he just can draw real well and and casey and i are both like where we neither of us can draw worth a shit like where is this coming (laughs) from
1: uh he's got it he's got it you know you listen you know you gravitate to this music and to this style of life uh, for a reason. You know, somewhere in your genetic pool, there is there is a love for art, there's a love for music, and so maybe you just were never given the opportunity or really explored it to your fullest potential, or maybe it skipped a generation. But now, now they're getting it. You know.
0: Yeah. Well, see, with me, with with the I mean, because you know how I am, going to shows, supporting a scene, and everything, and a lot of that I would say came out of the fact that when I was like a teenager. Every time I wanted to go to a show, like I would ask permission and my dad would say no. No, yeah. I don't want you to do that. The music sucks. You're going to get hurt. You're going you're gonna to get killed. This and that. <laughs> yeah, it was always, you're going to die in a mosh pit.
1: That was yeah, you're going gonna to die in the mosh pit. Thanks, Pops.
0: And so I never went to, so then like the first time I went to, a, to a, the first show I went to was Weird Al. And that was like, my parents were like, all right, it's Weird Al. It's That's hardcore, tamed. man. But, but it was, that was a great, Weird Al was fucking great. But then my first rock show was was uh, 2001. It was Godsmack, Deftones, and, and Puddle of Mud as the opener. Nice. And I just bought the tickets, my, me, my girlfriend at the time, and my best friend at the time. And I was like, oh, this Godsmack show is coming up. My dad's like, no. I was like, no, no, I wasn't asking permission. I'm just letting you know where I'm going to be. <laughs> and, and I started going to shows from then on, you know, and then seeing, you know, you know the theme of the show you've been on a few times about, mm-hmm. you know, trying to help spread the word, spread the scene. Because like you said, things are changing the way people consume music is changing. And so bands aren't getting, you know, record deals or shit, you know, there's all kinds of issues in the, in the scene because of the way that people, because of the consumption of music changing. And so, you know, I've kind of just taken it upon myself to make it my mission to just, you know, somebody asked me one time I did uh it was, it was a wrestling themed Facebook group. And so they said, Oh, do you want to do a shoot interview? Like, I'm not a fucking wrestler, but like, all right, we'll, we'll call it a shoot interview. <laughs> and where they had everybody else in the group like ask questions and then you'd answer all the questions. And so somebody had asked me, like, what do you want? Like, what do you want to, not what do you want to be when you grow up, but it was essentially that kind of question. And it was like, I want to be Jose Mangan. I want yeah. to, you know, help grow the metal community and and just let people know, you know, of all the good music that's out there. You know, yeah. and so that's why I do this. That's why I go to shows, you know, to kind of, you know, help to help to support, you know, every everything that I can support. I do. And it sucks that like being an adult and having adult responsibilities and having a house where things keep fucking breaking and and then <laughs> having concerts get more expensive. Like it makes it harder to do the shit that I want to do, but I'm still trying to do it as often as I can. Yeah, and that's, why and I know, keep push, that's why I keep pushing. I know that you got your own shit going on, but that's why every time you post some, some like flashback to the silencer, it's like you could you do it again.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. And I hear you about like, you know, life starting to kind of consume. Right. And it's priorities start to change as you get older. And uh, I, I'd be lying if I didn't. If I didn't tell you that like the itch is far from gone, you know, like every waking moment you know while my priorities my my career and with school of rock right now every waking moment i just feel like i'm abandoning a part of my life that there's still work to be done you know like i feel like there's still work to be done but like then like i start second guessing myself i'm like i'm 40 years old like these young cats like lorna shore just came and kicked everyone in the fucking teeth so like (laughs) you know like like what what chance does 40 41 year old charlie have with this this fledgling band the silencer that was just starting to pick up moment momentum, like during the pandemic, like, you know, so I just kind of like look at it like this. So, you know, I take every day as it comes, as long as I'm involved in music and I'm working in the field of music and inspiring the next generation, I think that's going to be my legacy, dude. Is like, and I think that's why I kind of stick with the school of rock thing is just like, how many kids do, do we, uh, we enrich their lives just through this art and, and through this sense of community and belonging and inclusion. And um, my ego tells me, go play rock star, but my heart tells me, like, make an undeniable impact on the lives of today's youth so that they can carry all this forward and they can be the ones to tell the stories and they can be the ones to have people that they reflect back on as being mentors and people who help shape their their lives. and. I think if we all do that and support each other in that kind of capacity, like you do, like I'm doing, I think we'll all be in a really good place, man. And don't beat yourself up if you can only get to one show once in a while, you know, like you got a love for it. You do what you can do, you know, and it's just doing things like this that go a long way as well. And, you know, whether it's like 10 people listen or it's 10,000, it doesn't matter, man. Like do it for, do everything you do for the love of doing it. And, you know, the people will gravitate towards it. And I think, we all just kind of put a little, you know, a little mark on the overall masterpiece of this metal life by doing what we can do. So, yeah, man. you know, I, I appreciate you, man. Jay, I've always appreciated you. So I'm always happy to like to, to shoot the shit with you when I can.
0: Hell yeah, man. And, you know, it's it's funny, you know, you doing the School of Rock thing because I keep referring back to that first episode of the podcast that we did, which was uh, episode two of the Jay Bunny's Music Hub podcast, which uh, I had mentioned to you. I'm going to I've been po- I've started getting stuff together to put the, the back episodes on. uh on spotify and make playlists and stuff i just have to that one like i said being that it was two and a half hours it's going to be an (laughs) undertaking to listen back to and make note of every band we mentioned and every song we mentioned to make the playlist but uh you know even back then you know you had talked about you know it was it was in a different form but you would talked about maybe moving down south and like opening up your own school and so you would always had as you know as far as i've known you you know, you've always had this desire to do what you're doing, even though you had the band and you were involved in wrestling and, and all the other things that you were doing. You know, it seemed like you always wanted to do what you're doing now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I guess like it's funny, like I looking back, you know, I guess now you bring it up. I guess I was always kind of putting it out there into the universe. Right. Because I wasn't sure where my live music would take me or how far it would take me. And it's taken me amazing places, like really far I, beyond my wildest dreams. Right. But I guess I always like in the back of my mind, I was like, all right, cool. Like, well, when that roller coaster ride ends, like then what, you know, the last thing I wanted was to be one of these guys who had to go on fucking shovel shit, you know, yeah. <laughs> and the, you know, like, Oh, he was, you know, he played the rock star into those forties. But, but then what? So, you know, I think I always had this passion for wanting to uh, give back. And um, so, yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. Cause like now that I think back, yeah, I was putting it out there in the universe, trying to make it a thing. And,
0: and that was and six are, years ago.
1: Yeah, yeah. Holy shit. Holy <laughs> shit. Dude, time flies, man. It yeah. absolutely flies. But um, yeah, man. I just uh, sitting down here by the pool with my fiance while we jumped on this call. Yeah, I noticed.
0: Some... I noticed the reflection <laughs> in your shades there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it,
1: enjoying enjoying some nice weather while I can get it because it's been a rainy summer. But yeah, dude, I, I appreciate the time. I really, I really do. I appreciate the fact that we're able to share our. Uh, our experiences with a band that we love so much. And it's funny when you brought up the idea of, um, you know, Jose always being like, Jay's always rocking dime shirts. That's how I first like remembered you too, like just coming to shows. Like you always had that dime bag with like tribute shirt on yeah. you know, with the, with the flames and he's like in the middle. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, so uh, I'm, I'm glad that we could share in, in our love for, for the Abbott brothers.
0: Yeah, man. You know, what's funny is I started doing that before I even had the dime shirt before, before dime had gotten killed. You know, like the first when first couple shows like the first show, the first rock show I went to was Godsmack and I wore a Godsmack shirt and everybody's like, oh, you're not supposed to do that. I was like, all right, fair enough. <laughs> do so
1: whatever then, the like, fuck you want. Do whatever so then, you
0: want. <laughs> well, so then when I went to Oz, the first time I went to OzFest, I was like, I'm going to wear a Pantera shirt. And my, yeah. my thought process at the time was if I wear a Pantera shirt to OzFest and somebody notices, maybe they can get Pantera to get back together. <laughs> like if somebody important fucking Ozzy (laughs) Sharon or somebody that can make it fucking happen right so I started wearing Pantera shirts to shows and then when dime got killed I got that that shirt that you were just talking about and I've always worn for the most part that or some other dime bag or Pantera or damage plan related shirts almost every show I've gone to
1: yeah yeah that's that's funny man like if someone notices maybe just maybe they'll get Pantera back together. <laughs> like that's amazing. That's, that's an amazing, amazing, uh, concept. You know, I, I still remember, dude, I'm, I'll never forget the day that, that, that shit happened uh, with Don. You know, my, one of my good childhood friends called me up and, uh, I was going through, like, I was in a weird like situation in my life and I had to like, just get out of where I was like, just staying, and, and so I went to this gas station, and I was, like, talking to this, <laughs> to this gas station attendant that I, like, befriended, and I got the call, and my, my dude's just like, dude, Dime just died. Like, I was like, what the fuck? And, um, you know, it sent shockwaves, it sent shockwaves, because I was, you know, I was kind of, I don't want to say close, but as acquaintances with, like, the Shadfall guys, you know, with, like, Brian yeah, Taylor. Yeah. and, um, I knew that they, they had just been touring with them, and that was a whole other, like, like, culture shock when that all went down, but, you know, all we can do now is, again, do shit like this, go and support them when we can, keep the memory alive, you know, put it out there in the universe that this band was undeniable and we should continue to celebrate their lives and, you know, treat them like the metal Beatles or something. And, uh, yeah. you know,
0: yeah, dude, with, with me, it was it's funny because it's it, you know, they say that like certain things, you know, you have certain generations, you have the things that you remember, you know, for a lot of people our age, nine eleven, older people, JFK, whatever, right. you know, but. Dime, I still remember exactly. I was I was in college. I was at a community college, and I was taking a, a science class. And because it was a science class, there was lab time, and so it was twice as long as any other class. So the teacher would give us a break halfway through. And so I'm on my break in the middle of this science class, and I run into my friend Pat in the hallway. He's like, man, do you hear what happened to Dimebag? I was like, no. And he's like, he died. He got shot. I was like, what? No, that, that can't possibly be real. And so instead of going back to class, they had uh, computers all over the, the cafeteria. So you don't have to go to the library if you wanted to just surf the internet or whatever. So I went to the fucking cafeteria and jumped on one of those computers, went to Blabbermouth. I was like, fuck, yeah. this actually really happened. And like, at first, I still didn't think it was real because like it read, it, it almost read like, <laughs> the reason I didn't think it was real outside of just it being so unbelievable was it the right. name the name of the cop that came in and and stopped the shooter, it didn't seem like a real name. Like it seemed his last name was Nigamayer. I was like, This this can't be a real dude's name. This has gotta be somebody just making a joke, right? Like
1: Right. right. Uh, and then,
0: but then like I was looking at other like other names. Like so, that, like
1: so, like someone using like the, the Southern Pride aspect of Pantera to kind of troll
0: Right, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. was like, This has gotta be fake. And but then I'm like searching other websites and it's like oh, it's real. And then like I came home, and it was my my grandma was like just watching some cable news channel and it was on there. And like I was really bummed out. And she's like, "What did you did you like was this guy a friend of yours? I mean, it wasn't a friend of mine, but I mean I knew of him. I you know I was a fan of his bands. Yeah. You know. And then you had the fucking dumbass cable news people. Well, you know he went by Dimebag. Maybe he was killed because of a drug because deal. Because of a drug. Out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Fuck the media. Yeah. 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 Media is out of control. They always have been. They always will. But, you know, they say, like, only the good die young. And, you know, those who are here and meant to leave a lasting impression aren't meant to be here long. You know, it's just what they do in the time they have. And there's no there's no question. There's no denying that he is by far one of, like, I would say the top three most influential guitar players of all time and like people might disagree people might say like oh jimmy page you know uh and you know no disrespect to like your jimmy pages and um your stevie ray Vaughns, because they're definitely in the mix but at least for me being like a, a kid who like really just got influenced by metal you know it was randy rhodes dime bag those two right off the bat you know and like chuck schuldner was one of them but yeah dude like the the mark left and the fact that like eddie van halen buried the dude with the, with his original his original black and white uh guitar like that's that says everything you need to know he says an original needs to be buried with an original um, yeah. you know and uh i'm just glad that we we've lived in a generation to experience this guy and experience uh, Vin, uh vinnie which i actually had a chance um this might be a nice way to close it out i had a chance to to meet vinnie before he passed Pretty, like, not too far before he... Uh, he passed, like, pretty soon after. So, In Flames was doing a run with Hell Yeah. And I want to say it was a Terminal 5. I might be wrong. It might have been, like, PlayStation Theater. But, you know, we always had all access, so we just right. walk around in the back, and fucking Hell Yeah is getting ready to go on. And I was like, this is my only shot to tell this guy what he meant to me. And, like, I looked him dead in the eyes. I was like, first off, I'm so sorry about your brother. You know, I'm so sorry about everything you've had to endure in the wake of that i was like i want you to know and i'm sure you fucking know this people tell you this every day the mark you left on me as a musician as a drummer i i'm not backstage right now if it wasn't for you all those years ago and what you continue to do and you know the fact that i was able to meet fucking Vinny like was that was even if i never saw like a pantera reunion or whatever like that was some like nice closure for me on everything i got to say my piece and You know, I'll tell you what, dude, there's a spirit, uh, spiritual energy out there when it comes to these brothers and any chance you get to align yourself with anything Pantera, I highly suggest you do it. Go out to any event that you can try to like rub elbows with whoever you can that's involved in the partaking of this, because I don't know, man, I just I think there's like there's this energy that keeps us all connected. So, you know, yeah,
0: man, for sure. That's that's definitely a good, good place to leave it off And, and, and to sort of just circle back to what you said before, like. If you don't think, if you don't like it, like then don't go. But yeah. I, I had a great time seeing them both of the times that I did. It was a fantastic show. You know, like you said at the top, very, very much steeped in, marketed as, you know, a tribute. Yeah, you're, they're using the name Pantera, but they're paying homage to Vinny and Dime at every fucking every second of the show. And it's, it's really at this point, it's the only chance you're gonna get, other than watching an old video. You see some form of the band live and and it's a fucking killer show.
1: Yeah, everyone should go. And like, yeah, if you don't want to, don't fucking go. It's more room for the real fans. <laughs> All
0: right, man. Well, I want to thank you for taking time away from your, your pool time to talk to me. <laughs> and, you know, hopefully we can uh, we can get together sometime soon.
1: Yeah, I'm always a, I'm always a call. Something. I'm always a call, a text, a message away. You know, you know, you know, you know where to find me, Jay.
0: All right, man. Well, thanks, and and have a great rest of your day, And, and again, thank you for your time.
1: You too, brother. Give the love to the family.
0: Will do, man. From the album *Vulgar Display of Power*, that was Pan *fucking* terra with a new level. I want to thank Charlie for being on the show, sharing his experiences with uh, the Pantera reunion, sharing his memories of, of Dime and Vinny, and also just kind of catching up, talking about him with the School of Rock and everything that he's he's doing these days and. It's always great to always great to catch up with friends. Uh, last time I saw Charlie, I mentioned sort of in the conversation was when they had their grand reopening of the School of Rock. So I took the family down just to show support. As, as those of you in the in the scene know, I, I show support whenever I can coming out to shows or whatever else. So when Charlie's been having these School of Rock things going on, I go whenever I can. Definitely, if you are in the area of uh, northern New Jersey and have a kid that Wants to learn music. School of Rock in Wayne, New Jersey is where Charlie is working. Sort of impromptu little ad there for them. You can follow him on social media. So you can follow Charlie on Instagram at Charlie Silencer. And although uh, his band The Silencer is is not uh, really a thing at the moment, you should still check their shit out because they're fantastic. Loved that band. Don't forget, you can also follow J Bunny's Music Hub on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, or I guess now it's X. Fuck that shit, but it's X, I guess. Instagram, just look for J Bunny's Music Hub. Uh, We also have a Patreon still. It's there. Please subscribe. A TikTok. I'm going to try and make some sort of a TikTok video with some of the footage because I actually recorded this podcast on video. I got a video camera and uh, Charlie was on his phone so we got some video. We'll see what we can do with that on the old TikToks. I don't know. I'm old. I, I put out a call on my social media like, hey guys, I might want to do this thing on TikTok. Help. I don't know how. So keep an eye out. It might take some time. Also, started uploading the old podcast episodes to Spotify, as I mentioned in the conversation. We did the first one, which was with Chris Babbitt, and made a playlist for that episode. I'm going to make a playlist for past episodes, but there should also be, by the time that this is out, a playlist for this episode. With every band and every song that Charlie and I mentioned throughout the show, additionally, I'm going to put the entirety of the pantera set list for their headlining shows that charlie and i saw as part of that playlist as well. So it's going to be a lot of fucking Pantera. And, and then all of the other bands and songs that we mentioned throughout the course of the episode. So take a look for that. Search for Bunny's Music Hub on Spotify. You'll find the podcast. You'll find the Chris Babbitt playlist. And then you'll have the playlist for this episode. And then, like I said, I'm going to go back and try and put up playlists for every episode. And then don't forget, guys, if you support music the way that I do, by buying it, go ahead and follow Industry Embers on Twitter slash X or Facebook and tweet. I guess it's still called a tweet, right? It's not called an X. Tweet her post your music purchases with the hashtag buy music, B-U-Y, or it's buy music, B-Y-E. As I mentioned at the top of the show, I am still, despite having been really busy adult responsibilities rearing their ugly heads and causing me to not have any episodes out for a few months i am still sending emails and text messages facebook messages all kinds of messaging to try and book some podcasts i have three that are tentative one that was scheduled and then i got kind of just ghosted the day of touch base back with the person and they said uh oh, i've been busy too we'll figure it out so that like the prep is done for that one i'm just waiting for that person to become available and like i said like i always say i'm not going to reveal the who until it's out i also have some other messages out there just trying to find scheduling time there's there's like th- just three different people that it's like or four different people actually that's like yeah like we've got to find time to make the scheduling work and as soon as we do those will be those will be episodes kind of hoping to do something relating to ren fair music because the New York Renaissance Fair is starting soon so you guys know I do that so that's going to be consuming the rest of my weekends for the next couple of months and i'm hoping that there's some musical acts that are ren fair related that i can try to get interviews with whether they're bands that are playing New York or not it'll just kind of fit that theme of what's going on in my life so we'll see what we can make happen with that and you know just just stick with us here as I said as I always say this thing happens in its own time it happens as it happens but unless you hear me specifically say like it's over or someone has said that I have died podcasts will keep going so that's all that we've got for you today for for more music take a look at the Spotify playlist for this episode but we're going to leave you today within the regular course of the episode with the song Revolution Is My Name from the Pantera album Reinventing the Steel. That was the song that they closed their set list with at the show, whereas A New Level was what they opened the show with. So they opened with A New Level, so you guys get that one as part of the show. And then they closed with Revolution Is My Name, so you're going to get that one as part of the show as well. And that's all I've got for now. So uh, thanks for listening, and until next time, guys. (laughs)